Welcome to the South Road Boys. I am Joe. I am Troy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? I'm actually pretty good. I've been um, looking forward to this all day. <laughs> You're looking quite cosy, actually. There. I am. You're I got little... my jumper on. I got my heater on. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlike me, I've been banished to the study. Um, yeah, for this it's partic- like you're in the cave. Yeah, this particular episode of the the South Road Boys, because Ur indoors is occupado the boudoir, um, so I get the study and. To be honest, the heating in here is not fantastic. Are oh, you a bit cold? I smidge, and oh. because of the sacrifice that I made for the South Road Boys, oh, sorry for the uh, the roadies, I don't have the heater on. Ah, oh, because of the noise. Zzz- yeah, I actually do it really smart. I put the heater on pretty much full bore for about half an hour beforehand, mm-hmm. and then I turn the fan off and just leave the elements on. So yes. the heat's already here, and the elements just allow the heat to remain nicely, but the noise is still. Do you know um, my uh, my my brother-in-law Brad? He has Brad what's known Von Rock. That's the one. He has mm. what's known as the heater tape, where he got an old, like a thirty-year-old foot heater, and for whatever reason, his kids like to sleep with white noise. Ah, yes. Yep. And so he recorded that sound professionally, <laughs> like through his, you know, he's got his own music stuff. Um, so there's a tape called the heater tape, and then we got a copy of the heater tape for our kids to act as white noise. So there's two families that have grown up with the kids grow up having. I find that really weird. It must be a kid thing because I'm not a fan of noise when I sleep. I no, like silence. Um, mm. Like even if I've got a, if you can hear a fridge going in the background out in the kitchen or something, um, it just does my head in. What about a fucking clock? I couldn't do the clock, but we do what do you know mean that you couldn't way, do way back in the day, I realised that there was the clock in my downstairs bedroom cave at South Road that did big, tick loudly. Big ben, big ben doesn't make as much noise as that bloody <laughs> clock made. That's probably why we drank. Well, I know it's why I drank so much down at your joint. If I was having a sleepover, the only way I could go to sleep is with... It would booze because that clock was so fucking loud. It was loud. <laughs> but you kept it. I don't, I don't I know, understand why. I don't even know the actual reason why now either. Because um, it was so loud. That tick was ridiculous. It wasn't an attractive clock no. either. I think I got it as a golf trophy or something. So I felt oh. like I maybe had to keep it. Oh, because you earned it. Yeah. Yeah, Did it but- with my skills. <laughs> <laughs> A boast ass girls. <laughs> Numbchuck yeah. skills. But you know what? You could have taken the battery out and still had the skills. Yeah, maybe. Because you did yeah. have a bedside table alarm clock. Maybe I just like... Um, I Pissing know, me off. People. No, people that have uh, mental issues. I like a, a face with a tick. <laughs> 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 Without the tick. It's just not that interesting. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Now, I did something unusual today that I don't normally do. Oh. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's not really. I called you to um, discuss what we would talk about this evening. Yeah, you went against our um, our ethos. Yeah. No script, no agenda, no Fucking idea. Fucking, exactly. This well, time, we've got kind of part of an agenda. 
Yeah, no script, though. No script. Definitely no Certainly, script. Still no fucking idea. No idea whatsoever. All the ideas, mm. are they're long gone. Uh, mm. but, and it's not really, I wouldn't even call it an agenda, but we know the line of discussion. Oh, the theme. The theme. The theme. And the theme is centred around the 2nd of July. And the 2nd of July is I Forgot Day. <laughs> what? <laughs> the 2nd of July is I Forgot Day. Correct. I Forgot Day. <laughs> Wasn't the whole theme of tonight based around what the day is? Yes, because it's a two for day. <laughs> I was right. just seeing. I was okay. just seeing whether or not I could. I could give you a, a bazinga, oh, as they would say on Big Bang Theory. <sighs> I don't know why someone's decided to have an I forgot day. Basically, it's trying to excuse yourself for having um, sudden or oh, early onset dementia, probably. So big shout out to our <laughs> early dementia patients. <laughs> Oh, I forgot, day. That's yeah. just... They're just making them up now. Exactly. Not that they weren't making them no. up before, but... <laughs> exactly. You know. And, and a big shout-out to our early dementia patients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice start, what? Nice Thank you very done. much. No, the reason why I called Troy today, uh, Roadies, is because allegedly some genius has come up with World UFO Day. That's right, unidentified flying objects. Mm. Look, when you rang me on this one, I'll, I'll admit there was a little party in my pants after the phone call because <laughs> I love the topic of aliens and UFOs so much. Straight away, straight away, my mind this afternoon has been on Gillian Anderson all afternoon. Well, now, question. Do you know where Gillian Anderson got... The char- where they got the character's name for Gillian Anderson, where that came from? Scully. Uh, Scully, actually, if memory serves me, it came from Chris Carter, and I think it was a baseball player. Is that mm, right? Nope. Something random like that? Is Jerno Francis Xavier Scully, or Francis Joseph Xavier Scully, uh, born 28th of April 1892 and died 23rd of June 1964, was an American journalist. Author, okay. humorist, and regular columnist for the Trade Variety magazine. Now, the reason why he got the they named Scully after him yeah. was because he was scammed by people who gave him a UFO story. Ah, uh, nice. So, in October and November 1949, Scully published two columns in Variety, claiming that dead extraterrestrial beings were recovered from a flying saucer crash based on what he said was reported to him by a scientist involved. His 1950 book Behind the Flying Saucers expanded on the theme, adding that there had been two such incidents in Arizona and New Mexico. A 1948 incident that involved a saucer was nearly 100 feet or 30 metres in diameter. The saucers supposedly worked on magnetic principles and in the book Scully revealed that his two sources to be silious M. Newton and a scientist he called Dr. G. <laughs> Dr. G, yeah. Uh, 60,000 copies of the book were sold, and Scully was known for his um, idiosyncratic 
pros, describing Dr. G as having more degrees than a thermometer. Oh, nice. I love it. <laughs> That's a great line. More oh, degrees wow. than a th- yeah. That's something um, that we'd say. Exactly. And alleged that the saucer crashed in the Sahara as more cracked than a psychiatrist in auto wreck. Oh, wow. And in 1952 and 1956, True Magazine published articles by San Francisco Chronicle reporter uh, John Philip Kane that reported to expose Newton and Dr. G, identified as Leo A. Gerber, as oil con artists that had hoaxed Scully. Behind the Flying Saucer was the only book Scully wrote on flying saucers. He briefly revisited the subject in 63 in the book Armour Bright, reiterated his belief in the uh, validity of the 48 crash site near Aztec, New Mexico. And basically, like Scully's story, FBI wrote, you know, claimed, investigated and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And it was found that, no, nah, he was he was scammed and oh, that there was nothing to it. Scully, what did you and, do, man? And that's, um, for whatever reason, that's alleged that's where um, where they uh, got the name Scully for. <laughs> that's cool. I did not know that. I knew it was from an individual mm. that didn't know that story. Uh, it's actually an interesting one. Um, well, hang on. Do you know that? I, I've just impressed myself and oh, wow. fuck you um, that I know you so well that we I knew that there was no conversation we were going to have on UFOs without you thinking of Gillian Anderson oh, and mate. Scully that I deliberately went to look up where they got the name from <laughs> just simply so I knew. Oh, mate, I've just had her on my mind. Oh, it's just, it is ridiculous how much you I, are always on I am my a mind. fan of that woman. It just, it's just, it's Sorry. out of control. As a middle-aged 45-year-old man, it's yeah, ridiculous how much I fan crush over that woman. Um, speaking of redheads, though, this is a funny all, one. Almost did, a restraining order. Because <laughs> I did a little bit of uh, little bit of research myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just curious whether or not you could possibly bet on aliens. Oh, you could in Darwin, I betcha. And here's the thing. I, I found this. So, um, sports bet. Yes. <laughs> earlier in the year. It's not there now, which is really annoying. Uh, they actually had markets um, basically for alien contact made in 2018 in Australia. Um, so Darwin, yeah, was eight, Darwin was 8 to 1. Uh, yep, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. All, all, all the roof, 15 to 1. Melbourne yes. was at 36 to 1. Uh, Long odds. Yeah, and then we started to drift out. Cairns and Brisbane and uh, was 41 to 1. Sydney, 51. Canberra, 61. Adelaide, 91 to 1. Hobart's a. Hundred and fifty-one bucks to one. Fuck. And for some reason, Geelong's thrown in there. And Parramatta, I don't really understand that. But Perth, though, here we go. Perth. Yes, yes. Five hundred and one to one. Wow. Long odds. Now here's the fun part, right? So basically, it worked out that um, there had to be first proven Australian alien contact in mm-hmm. those locations to win the money. And it happened right. before the 19th of December 2018. Unfortunately, as I said, it's not there now. But they also had bets available. <laughs> this is a fun bit, which yes. gets me to the redhead gene. Because okay, we go yes. from Scully, who's not an actual redhead, but no, he's a redhead. Um, neither were the Weasley twins. Right. So. First Australian abducted by aliens. You could bet on this, <laughs> right? The first Australian to be abducted by aliens. Oh, Guess Brian. who? Brian down the pub. Guess who is number one at $4.33 to be abducted in Australia? When that person returned back to Earth, would they say, oh, I just didn't like it? Pauline Hansen, $4.33 to one 
Roadies was a favourite. Followed closely at thirteen to one by Sophie Monk. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go, get smart. (coughs) Right in third place, fifteen to one, pretty good odds. Nick Kyrgios. (laughs) I don't know why he gets thrown in. Uh, He's obviously making a racket. Um, (laughs) Followed in fourth, and I understand this one being there. Jackie Lambie, eighteen to one. Right, uh, we've got a, we've got Gina Reinhardt at forty-one uh, to one. Gary Lyons even there. Gary Lyon at sixty-one to one. <laughs> Bernard Tomic also makes an appearance with his mate Nick at ninety-one yep. to one. He's going to be disappointed there. Nick Kyrgios at fifteen to one. Bernard Tomic ninety-one to one. I reckon yes. Bernard would be hoping he was a bit closer. <laughs> right here we go though. Here's the interesting ones. Right, we got Warney at one hundred and fifty-one to one. One fifty in a tie, in a tie, yes. in a drawer. <laughs> Right in a draw, and this is, I think, is an insult. In a draw with Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Warnie and Hugh Jackman, both one hundred and fifty-one to one. My question is, what the hell? There's some bloke working. It was Sportsbet. No. Yeah, yeah, it was Sportsbet. Sportsbet. Yeah. So there's a guy at Sportsbet or girl who's going right. We need to calculate the odds of which Australian will be abducted by aliens. Prove it. Yep. So they've gone through the list of Australians, and look, they haven't. Barry from Bansdale. No, or, they <laughs> Glenda from Gundawindi. Yeah. And surprisingly, They've, no South Road boys on there either. Be shocked no. by that. Oh. So they've chosen celebrities. Oh, fair enough. They get to Warney and they get to Hugh. Why do you think they can't separate them? Why do you think one's got more likelihood <laughs> than the other? Look, Aunty Gina, look, I understand Aunty Gina's odds. Because, you know, she's she's around the country a lot and she, you know, goes to remote areas because of her mining yep. interests and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, um, I think Aunty Pauline, probably because some people would say she most resembles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and if you're a bit of an M- M- Men in Black fan, maybe you think she, she's already arrived. Maybe yep, she's that, that's possible. She's from a bit, afar. bit more going home as opposed to being abducted. But <laughs> How do they, what what formula, and how can you look at yourself in the mirror and go, what did you do? You go home at the end of the day, and your significant other goes, oh, what'd you do today, Dal? <laughs> oh, I worked on uh, doing some doing some odds. Oh, what odds were those, love? Oh, I was working out who, which Australian celebrity was going to be abducted <laughs> before the other one. <laughs> oh, that sounds a bit interesting, Dal. And uh, where did Hugh and uh, Shane finish? Because I'm a big fan of both. Yep. Oh, dead heat, love. Dead heat. 151 to 1. How did you come up with that? Oh, oh, what's the formula? <laughs> it's a mathematical equation that's only known as sports bet. Now, there's a few others there. Clive Palmer comes in 176 to 1. Fuck, that's a big spot. That's a big well, spot. Well, I reckon though, they're isn't looking it? at the fact, yeah, it is exactly the the, uh, the fuel that it take to lift him off our yes. planet and take him to another one. I just don't <laughs> think they're going to expend that kind of fuel um yeah we do have malcolm turnbull at 51 to 1 amazing enough his mate bill shorten 276 to 1 oh, uh, i reckon bill would be hoping he would shorten his odds and come back oh. to uh, malcolm on that one <laughs> and uh and here's the thing we have the redheads uh book ending this so we've got pauline hansen yes four dollars 33 to 1 fuck that's at that's 501 short odds. to 1 book ending this entire scheme of amazing odds yes. nicole kippen oh Nicole Kidman, 501 to 1. Paul Hansen, $4.33 to 1. So I just found that actually very, very amusing. Do, now, do you think that speaks more to sports bet or 
sports bet's opinion of what aliens would like to take. Because quite frankly, <laughs> if I had the option, and I don't, of only Pauline or Nicole... Yeah, I know where I'm going. Well, I think it's a pretty much done deal for most of the people on the planet. <laughs> and that's not a slight on only Pauline by any stretch of the imagination, but when you're not comparing apples to apples, he... That's right. She and, was look, in, and Nicole's she was in BMX husband, he could sing Keith. a country song about it afterwards. <laughs> well, he's going to have to, isn't he? Yep. You know, I, I lost my ute and my me, me wife got taken by aliens. That'd <laughs> be a great country song. Fuck. She was in BMX Bandit for she crying was. out loud. Yep. Like, Arnie Pauline just had a fish and chip shop, didn't she? Yeah, No, that was... Yeah, no, Pauline did. Yeah, she oh, well, there you go chip. then. Anyway, we're not going to come back to it, and it's come up, I think, uh, twice in previous podcasts now. Mm. Must be because I like the moment, but, you know, Nicole, dead did you get the boobies out in dead calm? <laughs> you know, this is a... This is a wonderful moment in Australian cinematic history. So, <laughs> look, if I'm an alien, yeah. maybe there I'm was a wonderful alien. cartoon I saw yesterday where someone alien. put on the on the face here that uh, <laughs> that's it, it shows this person going up and saying, pretty much greeting, saying, hi, I'm blah, blah, from, from the planet Earth. And it shows yes. him shaking the hand of an alien and there's another little alien next to it. Yes. And, um, and then it shows the next two little uh, caption or blocks uh, what would you call it? Segments. What, what do you call it when it's a cartoon? Uh, what are the squares? You know, yeah, I don't know. Strip. It's, strip. It's yeah, part of a strip. It's a, it's a segment of the strip. We'll call it that. A tile? A tile? Oh, that's very modern. Oh. It's <laughs> <Ooh, fancy laughs> <Yeah>. pants. <laughs> uh, so the second one was it's got um, someone being interviewed in a talk show, the guy who actually met the alien. So, you know, what was it like? It's like, well, you know, I shook, shook the alien's hand. It was really great. And the next thing... <laughs> It's got this alien that's gone back to its planet, sitting on a chair, having an interview. I said, what was it like? And the little alien turns around and says, the human grabbed my wife's boob. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, little note to anyone that might actually come across any aliens uh, or get to greet them. Just because it looks mm. like an arm, <clears throat> don't mean it's an arm. Yeah. There's a tip I, there for you. And that's... Yeah, you fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the human I grabbed just... my wife's boob. The human oh, grabbed my wife's great. boob. Anyway, it's... so I'll, I'll throw that. I mean, you probably had a very, <clears throat> a very serious kick into this aliens, and I've no. just thrown it way <laughs> off kilter. So if you no. want to drag it back to where you are, look, that's all good. <laughs> well, I suppose the thing is, like, Rodies, if you ever want to lose days of your life, years of your life. Just simply type the three little letters into your search engine of choice and go down the rabbit hole that is UFOs <laughs> because there are everything from confirmed, unconfirmed, conspiracy theories. Oh, it's It just... does go on and on. The thing that I find really interesting, I started thinking about this afternoon, the fact that we incorporate or we, we only have used the term UFO with aliens. And I mean, essentially, UFOs mm. aren't just alien ships. They're just yes. an object that we don't know what it is. So straight away, <laughs> we hear UFO, we think, aliens, aliens, aliens. Yes. <laughs> but all it well, is is something we can't identify. And that's the thing. Like, it, it hence the reason unidentified, hmm. flying object. object. But we now, straight away go, brackets, aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So before we get on to the aliens, the thing is that I want to, I suppose, for me... Do you think it, they exist? 
UFOs? Look, the like, problem as, I've got, as in alien bearing, yeah. you know. Look, the problem I've got, and I, I don't know whether we've discussed this on a podcast before, but I'm certain we have, is mm. that I am... <laughs> of course we have, because we're losers. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we just sit in a, a small room, basically, just rocking ourselves to sleep, talking about oh. the most ridiculous things. Oh, let's talk about aliens, yeah, shall we? Oh, that... <laughs> before we know I, it, it's August. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I go and talk to a man named Keith about his Morris Minor from 1972. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> You what now? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nerdy conversations with bearded men called Keith over there, Morris Minor. Oh, oh nice. that sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. You, you um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much a <laughs> see to believe it person. So this works in a lot of areas. It works in religion. Works in aliens. Mm. It works in ghosts. So for yes. me to actually believe in something, I need to be able to see it myself and know that wow, that blows my mind. It doesn't mean that I don't believe there is a possibility of these things. Mm-hmm. But for me to actually say, I believe in this, I, believe I need to see something love. with my own eyes, touch it with my own hands, you know, breathe it in with my own nostrils. I don't care. Whatever it is, I need to have some kind of tangible proof mm. with my senses that says, I've seen that. And it does disappoint me, the fact that I've never seen a UFO. I still now look outside of a nighttime and up into the stars and, and just hope that maybe one day in my life... I'll see something that cruises along and then changes direction. Like it'd be w- so cool. I want to believe. Yep, I want to believe. I'd love to see a ghost. I would possibly poo myself. <laughs> oh, that'd be the, the brown note. But I would love to see it. And um, what a, and I said what religion's about- the same thing. Like I, I get that um, people believe in miracles and all the rest. But for me, I would need to see something actually happen in front of my eyes for me to go, well, there could actually be something that's more powerful than us. So... To answer your question, I believe that the possibility is very high because we are microscopic when it comes to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but until I actually see it, I can't say that I believe in aliens. But That's a long answer to a little question. <laughs> oh, it's a great answer, though. Well, then how are you going to explain when you go to Canada at the end of the year for FEC, <laughs> for FEC 2018, yeah. yep. how are you going to conclusively defend your round earth theory if i haven't seen it myself no you've just seen photos from somebody else's library i have uh, somebody else's propaganda maybe my argument could go a little bit flat ah it could be deflated you reckon it could be <laughs> you, you might feel a little bit let down good point oh fair enough well i suppose for me the thing is um with aliens the, the the burden of proof that most people are after, I think, is actually going to be harder and harder as we become more technologically advanced because the, the more technology we have, things with video editing, photo editing, um, what they can do with green screens and blue screens. I mean, if you've watched the latest uh, Infinity Wars that was delivered to us by Marvel, I challenge anyone for you to say that part was real and that part was fake. Hmm. You know, there are things that you you know in your head that were not real, but like, so I think we're in an era where anyone who presents photographic evidence, um, that's not enough proof for most people. No. Video evidence is not enough proof for people, especially in 2018 and beyond. Now, if you go back to the 1960s, 70s, or even 80s, 
that was that was a bit better proof because it was harder to manipulate those. And those people who did try and manipulate them obviously, you know, got found out very quickly. Yeah. I am I am muffled though that there's a shit ton of really good photos from the sixties, seventies and eighties, but none of them are of UFOs. Everyone who takes a fucking photo of a UFO is blurry, out of focus, or slightly to the left. But here's the thing. Have you ever actually been out, though, and tried to take a photo of something with your phone when it's moving and it's small? Well, it's not very often it gets clear. Like, you can't actually get there and say, hey, alien dudes, just just pause in the sky for a sec. I need a really yes. clear photo. Yeah, but then you hear people go, I'll tell you, well, I was I was out in the cornfields, and it hovered. It was up there in the sky for a good two to three minutes, just flying around, ran, ran, ran. <laughs> I got out me the old telephone, and I took a photograph. Here it is. Oh shoot, it's my thumb. Like you know, just like everyone says that it hovered there for a couple of minutes. Well, fucking take multiple photo photos. I don't know. But there have been some but, really cool stuff in the last few years where you see a little bit of video of weird stuff happening. And I mean, what was that, mm. that phenomenon here a while back? And it was, um, phenomenon. it was like a, phenomenon. it was like a squid or something, like a, a squid of light going through the sky. But it worked out it was a natural phenomenon with the atmosphere. But it looked, oh, like- as, it looked as though this thing was just flying through there and leaving this huge big light trail behind it. It looked incredible and people were freaking out everywhere. But it was natural. Like it- like the northern or southern lights of um, Australis or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, but it actually looked like it looked like there was like a ship of some kind, um, basically mm-hmm. smothered in light, and then this huge trail behind it. Um, I'll see if I can find it and put something on the Facebook page because it was a video and it looked amazing. And it wasn't just a video; there were dozens and dozens of these from different angles, different places, all the rest of it. So it mm. wasn't made up, but it worked out. It was just a natural phenomenon. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff maybe that people saw, you know, a century ago that they put down as UFOs was possibly just something that we know now to be a natural thing. Uh, well, and that's the thing. And that brings me to one of the things that I, I was talking to you about before we came on air is that um, now in the age of modern communication, and I probably put that from maybe the invention of the telephone. Yeah. Um, and That was a game and- changer. Yeah, and also photography and proper photography, not like hide yourself under a curtain, stand there, so, you know, for two minutes and then <laughs> yep. there's your photo. I'm talking where it was readily available. And you know, you as an interesting point, um, the first photos of UFO, mm. 1883, that happened in Mexico. Really? Tell me about it. 1883. Oh, and I was just looking at little stats. First photographs of a UFO were taken in 83 by astronomer Jose Benilla. Jose. In uh, Zacatecas. It's obviously not the right pronunciation. uh, In Mexico. But 1883, that really surprised me. Hola. ¿Cómo está? It was probably a better photo than what you can get on your smartphones now. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Well, because the thing is, I was looking through things that were pre that sort of era, and I have sent you a picture graph. Yeah, they're very cool. Now, one of this is from a a painting that was done, and I'll, I've got to try and bring it up. Um, do, 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 do. Let me try and bring it up. Now, that's, this- that's what she said. 
Oh, we're going to play that game. Well, we're going to do Next. something because at the moment, people are thinking, well, you guys are serious. When did this happen? <laughs> exactly. No, we're not serious at all. It's just so we both this, love these kind of topics too, which is really we're cool. So, we're shorter. So this one was called, what's well, called the um, the Baptism of Christ. Um, and it was painted in 1710. Now, the thing is, with the person who painted it, um, they didn't have the ability or the they didn't have the knowledge that we have now. So, if someone else had seen a UFO, they needed to basically physically tell someone or write a letter to to be able to have this. Yeah, thing. this this this. What are we? Seventeen? <coughs> when did you say? Seventeen ten. Okay, so seventeen ten. So, just to put this in perspective for the roadies, right? This is even before MySpace. Oh shit! <laughs> I know this is a long time ago. Like, this is this is yep. back old school. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And this guy <laughs> now, people go. Oh, well, so the guy who painted it, um, what was his name? Yeah, Ert or Erat de Gluder, um, was a student of Rembrandt. <clears throat> oh, now most right. people. Yeah, well, most people probably wouldn't know art because not many people remember him, but Rembrandt certainly is an artist that is in common vernacular. So, they, um, the Rembrandts well, actually, didn't they sing the Friends theme song? Uh, that's exactly right. There you go. Yep, they yeah, got, so so yeah. they did it right. Didn't so they just taught do this, paintings? <laughs> no, taught, the, taught this guy to paint, yep. and then someone told you that was going to be that way. I yeah. can't believe you yeah. didn't do well, the clap. Well, the thing is, I thought about it straight away, but then when we did the clap bit at the start, we're always off, so that would have been out of whack. Ah, oh, <laughs> fair enough. Out of whack clap. Um, yeah, it's done out of whack clap. Done a rhyme. Yeah, so there's that. Um, <laughs> but basically, if you have a look at this photo, it's called The Baptism of Christ. Now- We'll put these up on Facey when we upload this episode next week. Too. Exactly. What do you think? Looking at this photo now, it is a depiction of- well, Rembrandt actually, I think, did a lot of biblical stuff or stuff based on the Bible. Um, and this is supposedly in line with that. And, and everyone who looks at this painting can see the influence of Rembrandt. But they're saying, for the roadies at home, you've got uh, some people in the foreground, then down, and they're on a hill, and then down in a valley, which is supposedly maybe a, a water, You've got mm. a man or a figure on his knees and another figure above him. And not in a, that sounded a lot more sexier than what it was supposed to. <laughs> uh, and then there's people all around. Now, the people who are around the outside seem to be uh, a lot darker in tone of the painting. And the guys who are in the middle uh, look like they're surrounded by light. Now, if you have a look at the painting, there are four beams of light that go directly up into the sky. Yeah. And where those beams hit the sky, is a round circular disc. It looks like a saucer. Mm. It looks like a flying saucer. And apparently the way people who are far smarter than us um, describe the way those light beams have been painted is not the traditional way to depict a beam of light. As in, it looks like it's supposed to be a bit more solid. Yeah, okay. That it is either it holding looks, the disc It does up. look very cool. Um, to the, from the point of view of what you're trying to say, <laughs> the fact that this was before anyone in theory knew anything about flying saucers. Correct. They would well, not well, have known and, what this is. It's just something that appeared. 
Mm. So, and there's a little, and the, apparently that that white dot in the middle of the saucer is supposed to be potentially a dove, which obviously goes back to there would have been an influence. I mean, because he would have read the Bible. The Bible would have been readily available, yeah. so he would have read that. So there's the whole duff. And then that brings us to the conspiracy theory that um, people who are faith-based and believe in Jesus and stuff like that have had their story altered because of people who believe that God is an alien, <laughs> Jesus is the son of an alien, son of an alien, um, the son of an alien, um, and... <laughs> And that um, creationism is real, but just not as not what we Christianity. Thought. Well, not as Christianity, Muslims, Jews, all that thought that we are actually um, a bit more like Men in Black, where you know the universe is in a marble. I was reading earlier on where um, there is actually, and I'm trying to find the information. There is actually. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, hmm. Ezekiel, thanks to the Bible, some say that the book of Ezekiel yes. proves that UFOs have been around a lot longer than we thought. He's saying the prophet mm. Ezekiel is noted for recounting his observation of a great cloud within fire enfolding itself, a wheel in the middle of a wheel that descended and fired lightning bolts into the earth. And there apparently that's that's in the Bible. So um, yes. that's, that's well, quite we- intriguing. Well, we all know that the three wise men were led to the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem by a star by in the sky that, that moved ahead of them, yeah. which is unnatural for a star to do. Well, it was a satellite, obviously. It was an, uh, well, <laughs> I think the terminology we have to use is weather balloon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the weather balloon, he says, with it's his the fingers weather in the balloon. Air, making that little sign. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm here, things- Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there are different things, um, like 343 BC in ancient Greece. Um, one of the Greeks sighted a torch floating in the sky while he was sailing his fleet. Um, and it guided the Greek ships until they reached Sicily. Now, once again, you know, we've got reports from 240 BC, from Rome, 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 some in Jerusalem. Um, there's there's recounts all through history about people who have seen different versions of a light in the sky or something floating in the sky. But this particular depiction is one that, um, eh, you know, it looks a lot like what we see today as a UFO. <laughs> Just saying. And then there's, of course, um, I sent you another picture. Yes, he did. Um, which was ancient artwork. Now, in case people, you know, kind of went, oh, this painting was from the Azani Native Americans in 3000 to 5000 BC. Now, once again, before I've only looked <laughs> before MySpace. The amount of um, research that the roadies go into <laughs> is I've only, <laughs> I've only looked at this one website called theancientaliens.com. So it may not be as real <laughs> as once thought. The painting itself, this painting that I sent Troy earlier, the the baptism of Jesus, I know that painting exists. Right. I know that that, that exists. There are multiple sources citing that painting. Um, I didn't worry about the fine details and what people actually think it really is. So, you know. Um, but this cave painting depicts not spaceships, 
but oversized beings floating in the sky with the big boogly eyes. And yeah, big heads, a lot, big eyes. Mm. Big heads, big eyes, a lot larger in stature, which is what a lot of people who say they get taken by aliens come back and say they look like. Yeah, it's actually a really mm. creepy sort of a painting. <laughs> Isn't it just? Yeah. But I, if you, I think if you look, and once again, I'm not finding any source to prove this, but I think there's a lot of historical information within Aboriginal paintings as well that have been found that have a lot of strange creatures involved, whether we believe mm. it to be um, different gods that they worshipped mm-hmm. or whether there's a possibility that there was some kind of alien contact way before mm. we turned up in a boat and decided to slaughter the original beings of this land. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, like that nice story. Um, but, you know, where you're right. Where do these ideas come from? There was no way for these people to contact each other and talk. Yes, Correct. Yes, there are similarities throughout a lot of these ancient civilizations that make us look at it and go, ah, <laughs> I wonder... <laughs> Now, could it be that these ancient civilizations also had a bit of a penchant for psychedelic intoxicants? <laughs> <laughs> and are, maybe are you saying they didn't mind a couple of eckies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> bit of a rave. They're, you know? they're on the disco bickies. Oh, but bro, still, I love you. But still, how do you explain that a lot of the imagery that comes from that they were still quite similar? Well, that's true. Well, see, and here's... Here, oh, fuck, I don't even know where this even came from. I heard... I rem, Sorry, I remember hearing that someone said the reason why we... When we... People who've been encountered by aliens depict them to have big heads and these big dark eyes and all that kind of stuff is a subconscious remembering of the first thing you see when you come out of the womb. Whoa, hello. right? Because it's the big doctor's head and you're not actually seeing the eyes, you're actually seeing the nostrils. And apparently from that perspective, that's the big... <laughs> I haven't heard that before. And now I'm looking at these pictures, all I can see are big noses. Exactly. See? Okay. Look, yeah. I can I mean, understand where that comes from. And if anything that my mother's midwifery course taught me is that um, I don't think we actually come out that way. I think we... Um, oh, so no, no, we do. Yeah, no, we do. Shoulder, shoulder, turn the body, head yeah, first, we face out. up. It's a front way slippery slide. <laughs> yeah, but are you face up or face down? Oh. There is a way. Well, you it depends. Get, you get it the- depends. Um, is is mum on her belly or on her back? <laughs> yeah, True. No, apparently... They might have done a flip around. Well, the head comes out first and then you have to twist it so you can pop the shoulders. Okay. Anyway. It's a little bit like how uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon actually puts his shoulder back in. Exactly. Just bangs it (laughs) against the wall. It's a similar sort of thing. Just bang it against the wall of your mum's vagina. (laughs) 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 Just knock those shoulders in. It's all good. Uh, So Uh, there you go. That that is... um, that's intriguing. That we will put these up on the Facebook page though once we upload this episode because it's just really interesting. Oh, those two photos? Yeah. Absolutely. We'll, yeah, we'll upload sure. them up and and let the roadies um, do their own bloody research. Because otherwise, 
Otherwise, it's going to be just, you know, why would it, Why should we do it? Exactly. It's You know? Um, but one of the things that I quite loved as well is the most, I think, for me, I believe is the most famous UFO story in the world that more people have believed. Absolutely. I think this speaks to the human condition where people say, oh, fucking... They don't exist, right? And people, I think, have always said, "You aliens don't exist, don't exist, don't exist." Blah blah blah. Um, and the the majority of people probably won't admit to it. But in 1938, there was a little radio program. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going with this now. And that was um, War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. and basically it mimicked. A news broadcast. Now, I've actually watched a documentary on this. How <laughs> fuck am I? I'm a big nerd. I watch documentaries <laughs> based on radio programs. And War of the, the Worlds wireless. is an incredible story, though, man. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah, but I watched a documentary based on a fucking radio <laughs> program. I mean, how did I even get a woman to say yes, let alone let me put my dick in her? Like, come on. <laughs> like... See, normally I'd say, obviously, she's a woman of limited intelligence, but I know your wife, and that's not the oh, case. I no. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I'm glad she does. Let's not question yep. it. Um, Miracles do happen. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe. <laughs> Maybe she's an alien. Um, Maybe that's what aliens look like. Maybe aliens are okay after all. Fucking aliens are hot. Yeah. I love aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the reason why this... So, people who were listening to the wireless, who at the 1938, that was the only form of entertainment, um, were listening, were going to listen to the Mercury Theatre on air, which at the start of their broadcast, it actually said something along the lines of, this is all fucking made up. Like, this is a radio program. This is a radio program. What you're about to hear is not actual radio. Or whatever. That's that's my old time old timey radio voice. Yeah, no, I like that one. Yeah, I, it's one of my favourites actually. Yeah, it's good. Um, but that what happened was, and as we do, so if you're watching a TV program, that TV program finishes and you flick to the other channel. But due to some scheduling issues, one of the guests on the other program being on late, and that was like the other most popular program on, um, their program ran over by a couple of minutes. Not a lot, just a couple of it's minutes. A conspiracy. Yeah, well, and so people who were flicking over to hear the musical theatre or the, the Mercury Theatre on air didn't hear, this is all theatre. All they heard was, this is not a test. This <laughs> is not a test. We are under, under invasion. Mm. And so there's this whole thing. And, and all they hear is the radio program, which basically says, we are being invaded. There are UFOs above major capital cities. There are lights. And people lost their shit. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Now, though. You're, you've got the information there. Now, I've always no, been no, under the assumption that there were people that actually jumped out of buildings and committed suicide. But I don't know whether that's a real thing or whether that's just the story that's amplified over time. I know I, there was certainly mayhem. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No. Um, all I've got is 
On the night before Halloween 1938, Orson Welles directed the Mercury Theatre on-air live radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' classic novel, War of the Worlds, by mimicking a news broadcast. The show was quite realistic sound for its time, and some listeners were fooled into thinking that a Martian invasion was underway in the United States. Widespread confusion was followed by outrage and controversy. Some latest studies have argued that the contemporary press exaggerated the extent of the panic, but it remains clear that many people were caught up in it to some degree in the confusion. Um, in other countries, reactions were similar. In 1949, part of the War of the Worlds was read out loud in Ecuador without announcement, as if it were a major piece of breaking news. Huge crowds of people emerged into the streets and sought refuge inside <laughs> churches with it's their families. Amazing. And when the radio station informed its announcers that broadcast was in fact no invasion was happening, an angry mob formed and burnt the station to the <laughs> fucking ground, <laughs> causing six deaths, oh. be- causing between six and 20 deaths. Wow. Many other countries have also experienced problems in broadcasting War of the Worlds. According to a US Air Force Captain Edward J. Rupert, the Air Force often f- flies, often mentioned a panic aftermath from a 1938 War of the Worlds broadcast as a possible reaction to the public-confirmed evidence of UFOs. However, those files have not been made available to corroborate the assertions. Oh, so basically what they say is if you want to know what people are going to do when they know that aliens have arrived, fucking look what they did here. (laughs) Well, because that's the thing. I mean, okay, so let's just say, for example, right, that... Tomorrow we wake up and it really is happening. It's either District 9 or it's War of the Worlds or fucking any Martian invasion. Independence Day, whatever it happens to be. People will lose their fucking shit. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, there are some people who believe that the aliens who come will be peace, peace and loving. I don't know, but I've seen what humanity do when they go to a new place. The indigenous people don't generally fare very well. No, we're and not the most caring group of people. Species, no. Because mm. with the, I think with the exception of the Maori people, um, every other country that was, I suppose, discovered uh, was taken <laughs> by force. Yeah. Was taken by force. The Maoris were the only ones who were able to fend off uh, their invaders. Well, they basically um, started dancing then, in front of them, and we thought, we can't dance like that. Oh, <laughs> no. Because I can't dance. I can't. Genesis, back to yeah, start. Yeah, Phil Collins. <laughs> only thing about me is the way that I walk. So if we think that we, as an indigenous population of this planet, are going to fare anywhere near... Um, appropriately to um, what's going to happen for a modern species coming to visit us, I think we're a bit mistaken. Yeah. Um, because but, but we're also basing that on what we like as well. So, look, you never know. Well, I'm hoping that they'll be a bit more involved. And they might be really... a civilization of intergalactic pandas. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? And all they want to do is just cuddle and eat frigging bamboo. And they're not going to want to fuck us? No. They don't, they don't fuck anything. <laughs> they don't do anything. You know what? They've moved beyond that. Um, <laughs> they've moved beyond that. There was one, though. Um, there was... Beyond the need of a, physical uh, gratification. I love it. Sure, <laughs> they're beyond the need. Join the exactly. panda movement. 
Well, I think there was a um, there was a, a reported sighting in Los Angeles, Los Angeles. I'm trying to find it. It's one of those famous ones of like, oh, this was this was one of the ones that happened. Um, and there's photos of this particular sighting um, above Los Angeles where there are about a dozen searchlights on it. Oh, really? Um, and bombs flying off in the air and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and what movie and, was um, this? <laughs> no, no, this was real life. I'm trying to find the article. Trying to find the article and I don't think I can. Well, while you're looking for that, um, mm-hmm. did you know about Australia's largest mass UFO sighting? No, oh, tell me more. Right up. So, uh, April 6, 1966. <gasps> oh, actually, sorry, here we go. Hang on. It's the year St. Kilda won the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> Beat Collingwood one point. Oh, well. I don't get to say that no, very often at all, so Kilda, fuck off. St. Kilda did well against Melbourne too, so look, I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but here we go. I've only just picked up on the numbers here. This, like, this is devilish. So, at 6 a.m., on the 6th of April in 1966. Oh. That's a bit devilish. Isn't it ever? Uh, Clayton South became host to one of Australia's most intriguing mysteries when more than 200 school students witnessed an unidentified flying object. More than 200. 200 school students? Yes. Shit. It was Australia's largest mass UFO sighting. Whereabouts? So, um, well, basically, it's in Victoria. Hmm. So wherever Clayton South is... Uh, not to be oh, confused, yes, with, not to be confused with Clayton Bevis, who was a friend of mine who grew up within Launceston, <laughs> Tasmania, Australia. Um, big shout out to Clayton. But basically, more than a <laughs> big shout out, mate, yeah. more than a half century later, um, a, a big group of these witnesses are coming together or came together to share their story. Yes. Um, uh, and it's called Westall. I don't know where it is, but here's the really cool thing. So they had all these conversations about this. Apparently, it looked like two sources. One on the bottom, one turned upside down on the top. Like one was Merlin. No. <laughs> Sources, not sorcerers. Oh, oh sorry, yes. my bad. Uh, but uh, they were hovering over the trees and then suddenly apparently just took off at a 1,000 miles an hour. Now, the thing that I find really cool about this, this is mm. just isn't one or two nutters that have made up a story. We're talking mm. about approximately 200 people that all saw this, which I find pretty phenomenal. And here's the cool part. Right, this yes. is the cool bit. This, this is the, the one bit. that makes you go, oh, it's like the X-Files. <laughs> oh. Basically, there's, there's quotes here like, you know, we were too young to be sceptics. We know what we saw, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they weren't changed over. Um, but we moved down and, uh, dun, 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 and if I can find out when they say about the fact that there was a report. Here we go. Um, the Dandenong Journal... Of the incident um, on its front page for consecutive issues, and Nine News also mm-hmm. reported the story on its 6 p.m. bulletin. <laughs> now, here we go. Yeah, are you ready for this? This is, yeah, this um, is the thing, I mean, right? Yep, go. The film canister containing the Channel 9 footage from the incident <gasps> has yes. since been found empty in the station archives. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Witnesses believe there's been a cover-up. So they they actually they, there's a report that there was actual footage of it, or it was just well, footage of the kids telling their stories, so that they can't corroborate 
their stories from back in the day because obviously those kids would have told or everyone would have told their story to the newsman who came out or the newswoman who came out. Fuck it, it was back then. It was always a newsman. But they came out, would have given their account of the story and then that, that would have been, been the news and, broadcast. That's how I look at it too. But look, I don't but know. Then, and then 50 years on, like you're not going to be able to, your memory's not going to be what it was. No, it's not. And so that that film would have been the documentary or the document that would have gone, well, this is what this person said. Yeah. Mate, I can't, I can't what, always remember what I did last week after a decent weekend on the piss. So. <laughs> uh, exactly. 50 years on, as far as I'm concerned, no it chance. could have been a Frisbee. <laughs> I, I would have hoped that if you had have seen it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. Well, but so on War of the Worlds, though, here, here's an interesting one on War of the Worlds. You would yes. have heard this story a bit. Um, I actually have War of the Worlds on CD, double CD still. I think it's amazing. And I nearly oh, brought it, it on vinyl not long ago as well. But I used mm. to go up to a mate of mine, Rev's place, lived up near the overpass on, the, on Iron Cliff Road, which yes. uh, for those who don't know where South Road is in Penguin, Iron Cliff is, runs the opposite direction. South Road Pearl, joins yeah. on Iron Cliff. Yeah. Goes yeah, up yeah. the hill. We used to go up there. And I remember we had a night where we uh, – we drank, I believe, a little bit of port. Oh, hello! And, and might have uh, might have had a participation in smoking of some substance. Yes. Um, and we listened to the, War of the Worlds. You got your four twenty on. Yeah, and I'm telling you now, it freaked me the fuck out. And <laughs> I had to walk home, and from that house to my house is probably what three hundred meters. Yep. I honestly thought I was getting taken the whole way. <laughs> I was watching behind myself. I'm looking up in the sky. And when I finally got back to the cave bedroom at home, the bedroom under mm. the house, I shut yes. that door and I was so happy I was safe, man. <laughs> I thought I was getting taken by the little grey man. Oh, it would have been oh. so funny, though. I could just imagine Freak you going, out. the fuck? They're going to fuck. They're going to fuck me up. Oh. And then you just, <laughs> I can just see, I can just see these aliens hovering above you in their spaceship. And they've got a, and they've got a, they've got a brain reader and it's being tracked <laughs> down on you. And they're going, should we do it? No, nah, fuck it. He's too scared. They should, they just make him think that we're here, yeah. but not let him see us. <laughs> And I, I remember I didn't run. I know there was a lot of fast walking, but you don't want to look yeah. as though you're completely losing your mind. Like just and be cool. <laughs> and and the thing is as well, there's nothing more, I think, just out of place than seeing a person run at night by themselves when they're not in running gear. <laughs> like it's just, it's just like, well, you're not being chased. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, something so not there you quite go. normal. But um, yeah, I just remember I was freaking the fuck out. Mm. Well, I will tell you uh, one. I've got two more stories. I'll make them quick. Cool. So the, the the um the one I was talking about was the Battle of Los Angeles, the Great Los Angeles Air Raid. Did you find? Uh, it? Is the name I did? Is the name Good. given the contemporary sources of a rumored enemy attack and subsequent anti-aircraft artillery barrage that took place? From February 24 to early February 25, 1942, over LA. Oh, you're going way back. Yeah, 1942 again. 1942, a year to remember. The incident occurred less than three months after the US ended World War II. So, obviously, there was still a lot of feeling that, you know, there could be still war and Japan had bombed Pearl Harbor, so then they knew that that was there. Um and one day after the bombardment of uh, Elwood, 
on February 23, initially the target of an aerial barrage was thought to be an attacking force from Japan. But speaking with press conference shortly afterwards, Secretary of the Navy Frank Knox called the incident a false alarm. Newspapers at the time published a number of reports in the speculation of the cover-up. Basically, there's a... When the document of the incident in 1941, the United States Coast Artillery Association identified a meteorological balloon sent up at 1am that started all the shooting. Oh, another balloon. And concluded, and concluded once the firing started. Imagination created all kinds of targets in the sky and everyone just joined in. <laughs> in, in, nine, in 1983, the US Office of Air Force History attributed the event of a case of war nerves triggered by the loss of a weather balloon and exacerbated by stray flares and shell bursts from adjoining batteries. So there are a lot of people who believe that that was actually a a UFO and that America's first response was, we got to blow that fucking thing up. Um, and the conspiracy theory is that it was a, they got told it was a hot air balloon or a weather balloon. Well, what was, um, wasn't. How far after that was Roswell forty six or forty seven? Mm, I should know that. You know, if, you, if you're talking, if you're talking, um, um, here we go. Roswell, Roswell, forty seven, July forty seven, forty seven. Yeah, exactly. And Roswell is a, probably a, a podcast in itself. It is, and I mean that was another balloon. <laughs> well, apparently, yep. exactly. UFO sightings um, after the Roswell encounter and stuff like that, but. Here's a funny story for you. So, when Jen would have been early teens and my mum had borrowed or had staying at her place uh, a car that wasn't hers. It was like a a RAV4, which is two-wheel drive, but then you can click it in and make it four-wheel drive. So, my wife, my sister and I decided to go to a drive. And we went for a drive to past Devonport to Turner's Beach, and you can turn down and you can actually ride or drive on the beach. Yep. Um, and, and it's quite a gravelly, rocky beach. And we went down there, and this would have been at Christmas time, so between Christmas and New Year's. Couldn't tell you exactly when. And we're there. And and let's just put it this way. I was a bit dopey, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't lock the front wheels into four-wheel drive, so we only had two-wheel drive. The back wheel started to dig in, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, we're almost up to the axles. <laughs> On a beach, middle of the night, going, what the fuck do we do? And the next thing you know, we're going, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What had happened was there was also the Melbourne to Devonport Yacht Race, which runs in conjunction or around about the same time as the Sydney to Hobart. Yep. A boat had gotten lost on its way to Devonport and ended up Olveston, which is, for those people playing at home, it's probably about 15, 20 minutes away via car. And was obviously following the coastline but couldn't find the mouth to the river for Devonport. Mm -hmm. We are stranded. We are going, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this? I am going to be murdered because I've bogged this car. (laughs) There's no... And calling RACT at the time was just something that was just going to be a horrendous thing to do. The boat we saw floating out there, and I'm like, what's that? Because it's quite dark, and all you can see is this bobbing light. The next thing you know, 
flare. a flare goes up. A flare goes up. Now, my thought was, what the fuck's that? My wife, her internal dialogue went external. <laughs> and she goes, it must be an angel. <laughs> <laughs> to, to wit, my sister and I <laughs> roared with laughing. And I think I said something along the lines of, it's a UFO. <laughs> anyway. Oh. So, she's not ever been able to forget that. Um, thankfully, that flare brought a police officer. Who then helped you guys who came out. came down. Who went, oh, okay. So, we'll shine a light for the for the boat and pointed him, yep. you know, towards Devonport. And then went, yeah, all you need to do, buddy, is just click the front wheels and they'll go into four-wheel drive. You'll be right. <laughs> and we drove out. I mean, we drove out with a lot less pride than what we drove in with. But, you know That's what, we drove spectacular. out. Spectacular. So that's probably the closest oh. I've ever come to having um, a, a sighting of a UFO. Yeah, so a little bit of a uh, life advice there for the roadies. You know, yep. if you're in a bit of a spot of bother, yes. just think, can I click it in? Can you I know, click it in? <laughs> just just keep that bit of advice in the back of your mind. Speaking of advice, do we have any from uh, the thoughtful one? We actually do. And, uh, and because I knew what was happening this evening, yes. we've themed it. To what oh, we've been I talking about. A, I love a good theme here. Well, here's the music. Welcome to the teachings of Thoughtful Troy. <laughs> if you're ever taken by aliens <laughs> and you find yourself suddenly being anally probed, <laughs> remember that you're special. Remember that these incredible beams shows you and your ass out of seven billion people. So surely a little bit of ass play is a worthy sacrifice. Thank you and bless. I I I hoped that we could potentially do a whole thing on UFOs without bringing up anal probes, but I just didn't think we could. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it from Thoughtful Troy. <laughs> Thoughtful Troy, uh, he does tend to he's an across man. a lot of topics. He is an ass man. Oh, mate, he's, he's got a, a bank of knowledge. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, oh, well, ladies and gentlemen... This has been our um, UFO Spectacular. Hopefully people have learnt something. Oh, if not, I hope you've had a giggle, because I certainly have. Uh, and on that note, I am Joe. I am Troy. And we are the South Road Boys. We certainly are. The truth is out there. Do <laughs>